Welcome to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. In a troubled world riddled with endless pursuits, we have a place of peace and rest in Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us in worshiping Him and following Him in a life-transforming journey. Now, here's my friend Mark to introduce today's sermon. Good morning. Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho welcomes you. Happy Palm Sunday. How many have done something wrong deliberately and hoped they wouldn't be caught? Why do we try to justify or forget our sin? We know there are consequences of sin. In today's message, we hear about what sin has done and how God has dealt with it and still unfolds a plan of salvation for you and me. Just like Adam, I could not stay away because I love my wife. Love to hug her and love to kiss her, knowing that she was coming down with something. But just like Adam and Eve, it was the woman that got me sick. Now, what kind of sickness was it? First couple of days, you're thinking, okay, it's just a hole, just a head cold, because God forbid, it can't be COVID. Even though we were told that everyone in the end would wind up having COVID, no matter the shots or the precautions. So we did not test right away, just like sin. You try to hide it. You try to deny it. Oh, not I. But after a couple of days, we said, okay, let's get tested. And sure enough, we were positive because we are positive kind of people. So then now what do you do? Just like sin. Do we tell the people? Not just yet. But then when it begins to have an overflow and impacting people around you, you've got to come forward and say, unclean, unclean, just like in the Old Testament, right? So you have to say, I am a sinner. It's our biggest battle. It start with, it's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. And we thought, what was it? Was it the plane? Was it the airport? And I remember in Seattle, as we're waiting for our plane for Boise, I saw some people wear masks. And a lot of the people did not wear masks. And sure enough, just like the sinner that I am, I'm thinking, ha ha, why are they wearing masks? I found out whether a mask helps or not, it's the whole process of the way that we approach and deal with sin. When it's somebody else's, it's more of a, aha, not me. And then when you get hit by that sin, you hide. The Lord went looking for Adam and Eve, and they were hiding because they realized that they were naked. In other words, they were sinners. It's a tough chapter. Romans chapter 5, the first half, up to verse 11, it's a joyous text reminding us of what God had done to bring us salvation and redemption, forgiveness and acceptance. But then Paul says, wait a minute, we got to go back to the beginning. Who got me infected? You go back to the beginning. Why did I get sick? You go back to the beginning to understand. If we truly take our time to see what's happening in these following verses, verse 12 to verse 21, it would actually begin to set a foundation in the way that you see life. 
Paul tells us that we don't fight against flesh and blood. So we say, okay, so when I'm angry at Ben, I'm going to remind, remind myself that it's not Ben. It's some, some forces behind Ben that are making him walk in his carnality. So I'm going to try not to get upset with Ben. But that statement is a lot more than the fact that we're not fighting in flesh and blood. We forget, or we want to forget, that it begins with a sin that relies is within me. But only once you have Christ in your life, you actually have the strength to say no to sin. But not just that, you have the opened eyes to realize that it is sin you're fighting against. We're going to get to chapter 6 in that inward battle, oh wretched man that I am. The things I don't want to do, those I do, and the ones I know I ought to do, I don't. So there's a battle. See, when you're dead and your trespasses and sin, there's no battle. You don't care. You live life as it is, and you take in as much as you can, never satisfied. Give me more and more sin. Once you're in Christ... One of the signs that you are born again is that you hate that sin and you have victory over it. Therefore, verse 12, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. We've got to go back to the beginning to understand what we're fighting against. The cancer called sin, that you're fighting with it against it until the day the Lord takes you home. But not only understanding the origin of what you're fighting, but now it gives you an understanding of why you need to love your enemies. How they're afflicted, how they're suffering. And then you understand more than anything else, what God has truly done. So when you understand what God has done to bring salvation, redemption, forgiveness, now you're no longer fighting against sin because of your hatred, but because of your love for the Lord Jesus. Because in life we do so many things we hate because we're addicted. We know there's consequences coming. I like Popeye's spicy chicken. But every time I'm done eating it, I'm promising myself, I'm not going to have the spicy chicken again. <laughs> Just like sin, some time passes, you remember the good, you forget the bad. Oh man, I need to have some of that spicy Popeye's chicken. And the cycle goes on. If we understood what God really had done, if we understand the depravity, the darkness, the death of sin, we would take each day in a different approach. Knowing what it means to love God and hate sin, not because we love the pleasure of sin. Verse 13, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses. What a great theologian and apologist, lawyer. He comes across and logically he begins to say, listen, it's not one thing or another. It's not just the fact that Adam had sinned and that was a sin of disobedience. But we're dealing that every single person after Adam 
sinned. And if you understand that, now you understand the wisdom of God, why Jesus was born of Mary, but Joseph was not his father. Because that sin was not passed through Joseph into the Lord Jesus. His heavenly father, God Almighty, is his father. Therefore, Jesus is holy. And then we read in Peter saying, listen, you need to be holy for I am holy because God has given you this new birth. You're no longer connected to your sinful roots. They're within you. They run through you. But now you've got the strength to be victorious over that sin. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sin was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. I think that's where we want to start this morning, with that hope. We understand the tragedy, we taste the bitterness of that sin, and that sin that people around you do not know. I was talking to Nan the other day about the events and consequences of some people's lives, and she said, oh, I think that even you may have a little skeleton in your closet. And I'm like, Mm, cover it up real quick. Every single one of us, we know that sin. We know what we hate. But now that battle has got to change. The life of a Christian is the life of a victorious Christian. Not just recognizing, but the question is what do we do about it? So we're studying and understanding the depth and the origin of sin. That was the first part in verse 12. How it started through Adam, one sin, disobedience. And because of that one sin, those roots have been planted in the life of every single human ever since. Then we looked at the outcome and, through, and death through sin. And death spread to all men, verse 12 and 13. But now, we embrace this phrase, verse 14. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam. In other words, he's saying, listen, we want to show guilt. We want to understand the consequences. We want to give the blame to somebody. But he says, listen, it's not one thing or another. It's just the fact that you're born a human. As we look at these verses, we can under, a, explain and give the answer to a lot, of the, a lot of the why questions. Why do children die? Why do good people suffer? Why do wars kill people, children, women, infants? Why? This text explains and gives us the answer. So now in verse 14, let's take a look and understand a little bit about this oppression of sin. We saw the origin, we see the outcome is death, but now in this oppression we understand the battle. How sin presses, how sin attacks. So then we know, and even more so, the dependency we have on Jesus. That we cannot live a day. Not even a minute apart from the word of God. For there is no salvation, redemption. There's no deliverance from that sin except the holy word of God. See, Adam, it says here, yet death reigned from Adam to Moses. So even before the law was given, he says, 
there were consequences for sin. Even for those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam. In other words, those that followed Adam, Cain, Abel, and, and so on and on, they did not deliberately, directly disobey God. But they still died. So what's going on? Well, even though we know that Adam overstepped, God's direct prohibition, where God said, of this tree, you shall not eat of that fruit. It was not like that. He was, therefore, the transgressor of God's law directly given to him. Those that followed him, they did not disobey like he did because they didn't have a direct command. Eve didn't have that direct command. Eve was deceived. Adam knew exactly what he was doing. And we talked about this last time, that because he loved Eve so much, he had to make a decision. If I don't eat, she dies alone. But if I eat, I'm dead as well. And he says, I'm dead. I choose to die with Eve. It was a knowledgeable choice. Nevertheless, men were sinners, and they inherited what had never existed before, Adam's sinful nature. And so, because of they were born out of Adam's seed, that sinful nature, God's word stood true. You shall surely die. Why are we old? Getting older? Why so many aches and pains? Why so much death and sickness? Because of sin comes with a part of being human. Although they didn't sin like Adam, the end of the result was the same. Death passed through them without exception. Nevertheless, they were descendants of Adam. From Adam to Moses, no law yet. They fell in their father, great-grandfather, Adam. And the proof that this is true is that because even though they practiced sin, they died, death passed from one to all. And this, as I mentioned earlier, answers the question, why is this happening to me? Why am I sick? Why are my children sick? And we say, Lord, and we want to blame God. Well, no. It's sin. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 20 through verse 23. Paul stays within this theme, strengthening the argument, amping up the expectation, rising from within that desire of being set free. Paul was talking about giving the gospel and talking to people. And, and I was watching just the other day um, an, an apologist on, a, I think it was a fair, where he st- stands up with his microphone and he begins to preach the gospel and, and discuss with people and taking their questions and arguments. And he talks about Jesus. And this girl comes up and she says, I believe what you're saying, but you're breaking my heart because you're telling people that God is a, a judgmental God and His condemnation you got to tell them that God loves them. And, and then he asked her, well, does God truly judge? Yes, he does, but people don't need to hear that. He said, what are you talking about? If you were sick and you're about to die in six months, and there was a procedure that would give you health and healing, wouldn't you want to tell someone you're dying? Do something about it. 
He kind of stumped her because the argument that she was thinking, oh, we have a loving God, a good God. Don't tell people about sin was erroneous in our gospel giving. It's not an invitation to a better life. It's a cry because sin has been killing and killing people for millennia. And the only way to survive is Jesus. To recognize I have sin within me. No, nothing else can save me except Jesus. And that's what Paul is doing here. Look at this. For creation was subjected to futility. So here's the sin that is impacting all of creation. Everything that was created that was good, first day, second day, everything was good. But now because of Adam's decision of disobedience, everything is subjected to futility. The word futility in the original it means something that is devoid of truth. Perverseness, depravity, subjected, that means unwilling, placed under this force of perverseness, this futility. Creation was subjected, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, God had subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from this slavery. To corruption, the slavery to corruption, to the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans. This is what sin has done. Why are there tornadoes? Creation is groaning. Why are there hurricanes? Creation is groaning. Why are there earthquakes? Creation is suffering the sin that started with Adam. And we were born in it. The word here, groans, means to groan together. It's that kind of, kind of misery when we commiserate together. We're suffering together. We, lost, we both lost our job from the same company. And we know how mean the boss was. Now we go and we cry together and we understand the same pain. That's what this means. The world feels this pain of this sin. The whole creation groans and suffers the pain of childbirth together until now. He takes the idea that, yeah, it's groaning, but there's hope. There's something coming. There's new life coming. That's the joy of being born again in the hope and the promise that what will happen into your heart will happen for eternity as Christ returns. All of creation, all of these pains, it's childbirth pains and groaning with the hope that there will be a new heaven and a new earth, not subjected to sin. And not only this, verse 23, but we ourselves, also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit. In other words, we're born again. Now we love the Lord, we love the Word, we hate sin. These are first fruits. God is changing your life. Something is different. Now you've got these first fruits. You're beginning to struggle against that sin. That's a sign of being born again. So we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves 
Later on, Paul says sometimes his groanings are without words because we no longer have any words. It's the struggle to be redeemed. We groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoptions as sons. And that is the ultimate adoption of redemption into eternity. All right? That the Holy Spirit that has been given to you as a promise, God knows you by name. He's coming back for you by name. And together we make up the church's bride. This, this Holy Spirit's coming back. We, we eagerly await our adoptions as sons, the redemption of our body. Now, Paul wants to present here that the proof that we inherit Adam's nature is that sin existed before the law. The law of God, the Ten Commandments, does not charge men with sin. It just shows man the sin that's already there. The law, Scripture says, was given to us as a teacher to show the proof. And James kind of wraps it up, even though as Paul later does. James says, listen, you break one of the Ten Commandments, you broke them all. The idea to convince and prove that you are a sinner. Well, I've done nothing wrong. You think you're going to heaven? Well, yeah, I haven't killed anybody. And, and I give my $5 to the, to the uh, homeless. And, and I, I do a good deed here. And there's a constant argument that I'm not guilty. Most of our arguments together and in your family are to prove that you're not the guilty one. It's somebody else's fault. You sense that? You feel that? It's still within us. Paul says, no. The fact that people have been dying, it's proof that we have sin. Something within man, even without the law, before Moses, when he says, Adam to Moses, Moses meaning the law, even before Moses, something caused them to sin before the law was given. What was it in men that caused people to sin between Adam and Moses and die? Well, simple. Paul puts it right here. It was the human nature, the sinful nature, the corruptible nature that is within us. The nature that every single child has inherited from their parents. The ones you inherited from your parents. And you see it in the child before he even speaks. As you're holding him in your arms, he's not even two years old, and he wants to get down, and you tell him, no, no. He arches his back with everything he's got, rebelling against you as the authority, and he wants to do what he wants to do. That's sin. We're born with it. Adam was the first man created by God. When he was created, he was good, but... He was the first one to sin and become corruptible and bear the punishment of the disobedience, which is death. We accept Christ not to get a better job, not to have a better family, not to have a happy life. We accept Christ to live. To be forgiven and survive. See, you've got to understand, it's not about the life, the here and now. It's not the betterness of today. It's Christ to live, period. And if you understand that, you'll never be disappointed by the hardships of this life. Because you know, you're not born again for the here and now. You're born for eternity. 
Well, what's this condemnation that Adam received from God, which in a way, the declaration of the prophetic consequences proves scripture is true because we see them today. Pray with me. Lord, we want to be set free. You sent Jesus to cure us from our own futility, our sin. We are yours as we believe in your son Jesus and his atonement for all our sin. For Jesus paid the price on the cross that we on our own could never do. All that in order that we may have eternal life with you. Amen. Next week we continue the rising glory of grace and find out more about the pain of sin. How much we all want to deny it, to escape blame, how it affects us even to the point of death and why its only cure is in Christ Jesus alone. Thank you for listening to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. For more information about our church, visit us online at trinityefcboise.org or by phone 208-322-8801. Our church is located at 1777 North Allenbaugh Street in Boise. We'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at 11 a.m. Join us next week at this time as we go through and apply God's Word on Scriptures for Life.